Going to throw here to Parker at the 20, at the 15, at the 10, at the 5. He is almost. He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got it in! He got it in! He got it in! Oh, doctor! Howdy, guys. Welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast. It is a Monday morning once again, and we are very happy to be here. Uh, my name is Rob White, class of 14. Man, you sound like you're coming off a long weekend. Uh, <laughs> this is Roy May fighting Texas class 2015. You wouldn't be wrong. We were uh, all the way up in Borger, which is north of Amarillo in the Panhandle. Uh, so basically for- Canada, because if you're north of Amarillo, I'm fairly certain you're in Canada. Yeah, pretty sure I-40 is the border. I'd say that's fair. That's funny. <laughs> we we played this uh this gala up there, and I think you'll appreciate this. Uh, the uh, uh the artist we performed with uh is a little known man by the name of Ray Wiley Hubbard. Oh my, that's outstanding. Yeah, it was cool. We uh we get up there, and originally it was his headline, right? So it's supposed to be his show, but Ray decided that he uh, didn't want to play at like 11 o'clock at night right so he says hey young guys do you want to flip sets uh let's say we both play a 75 minute set and we go first and then y'all can close out the night and we said okay yeah that's fine because that's that's hilarious how many people get to say i just want to thank ray wiley hubbard for kicking off the show tonight (laughs) right yeah, he did all the classics. Yeah, he he did Snake Farm. He did Redneck Mother. He did Wanna Rock and Roll. I mean, you just go down the list. The guy has such an incredible catalog of music. Well, so, he's also earned the right to be like, you know what? That's too late for me. It's too late for me. And he did That's talk. Awesome. To, he did talk to me one on one, which was cool. So he comes walking off stage. He, I'm smoking a cigar. Right. He pats me on the shoulder. He goes. How's your day, young man? I said, oh, not too bad. How's yours? And he says, woke up on this side of the ground, so it can't be too bad. And I said, you know, if that's my Ray Wiley Hubbard interaction for my life, I'll I'll take it. It was funny. Gosh, how old is he now? Man, I don't even know. He he's up there. He's no no doubt he's up there. Man, gotta think into is that. Is he still rocking it though? Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, he's up there. And what's really cool, it was him, a drummer who had a pad where he was doing most of the drum uh, and bass parts. So just hitting like for just a single bass note as he goes. Uh, He's uh, he's 76, mind you. Uh, But he his son is playing lead guitar for him. So keeping it keeping it within the family, you know, that's really cool. Yeah. So just a little three piece. They go up there on stage and. He tells stories most of the time, but it, it was fun. It was a good time. It was a great show. I, I enjoyed it. I was going to say, that's got to be one of those memorable ones, yeah. Yeah, always a classic is Ray Wiley Hubbard. We're big fans of his work uh, around our part of the world. So Hubbard. Hubbard. <laughs> uh, so uh, also fun little story before we get into everything. Uh, we always covered one rock and roll from Ray Wiley Hubbard, but we would do it in the ragweed style because that rocks a little harder, right? And he even alluded to that during the show. He said, you know, this song was covered by a great band called Cross Canadian Ragweed. And, you know, uh, I was perfectly cool with them doing it because I get that royalty check every year and it's not a bad deal. That's funny. It's very funny. So big fans of Ray. But yeah, it was good weekend uh, all around, I would say. Um, A&M kind of got right back on the horse and 
you know, takes care of ULM. I think that's the best way to say it. T- took care of them, 47-3. Yeah, you know, that's one of those things where what's the expectation? You know, we need to take care of business. We need to take care of these other teams. And and obviously, we absolutely did. Um, yeah. But I, I think our history has shown that while we need to be at a point as a program that we are consistently taking care of the teams you're supposed to take care of, that we actually go and do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't roll out kind of a clunker like we have over the last few years. You think about some of our season openers or our early season non-conference games, and they've just been kind of – you leave the – you know, you, you leave Kyle, like, kind of not not fulfilled with what you saw, the product on the field. But what A&M did on Saturday to ULM and, – and I get it, it's ULM, right? But, again, that's why we're having this do-what-you're-supposed-to-do conversation. But – when you're holding the team to 222 yards of total offense, that's that's doing your job. And there's still, you know, there's still some stuff to clean up. We saw maybe some, you know, still somewhat poor tackling and and you know a little little blown coverage stuff here or there. But what they were, I mean, what they were able to do, especially in the second half when they just came out and really, because I mean, once it was, what was it like 17 to three? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I felt like the game was really in our hands to run away with. And we've seen A&M time and time again, not do it, you know, not, not put your foot down on the gas and just put these teams away. But then all of a sudden, you know, you get to half at 27, three and you keep them off the board the entire second half. I thought that was a good sign, especially mm-hmm. with the defensive rotations we were able to use, you know, getting some people some playing time, mm-hmm. you know, offensively, we saw a good rotation. It was a week where we had a couple people that didn't even dress um, because we were, we felt confident enough that, you know, we could give them a, a little rest on some of their dings, um, you know, even early in the season, you know, you pick something up in camp and it just lingers. So the ability to give a couple guys some time off, I thought was, um, I thought was great. Uh, so I, I really liked what I saw. I mean, do you want to see us score 70 points? Sure. But I think 47, three in the manner in which we did it, mm-hmm. um, and mistake free football as well. Uh, that's a, and it doesn't matter the opponent throwing a pick and fumbling the ball is not difficult. It's not difficult to do. So, you know, play mistake free football. And then, you know, once again, you know, Connor, obviously number 15 out there, just, unbelievable uh looking looking very good i mean if there's any major highlights uh that we can say early in the season it's most definitely been connor he has looked uh phenomenal um one thing i will say that i was thoroughly impressed with looking back at our stats was our uh efficiency defensively on third down you know they only converted one of 12 that's over the course a massive of the game. number that's yep. a huge number so that was good to see from them. Um, you know, decent in the rushing game as well. You know, we put up 158 yards rushing uh, versus 127. Well, yeah, when you're north of 500 total yards, you're gonna. Have, it's a good day. It is a good day. Uh, the only only major issues uh, that I was hearing was apparently lack of pressure, uh, a little bit uh, as far as getting after the quarterback. But yep. also looking at penalties. You know, we we had eight penalties for 50 yards. Um, granted, <laughs> ULM had six for 55, but you still don't want to have those type of mistakes, even against a lower opponent like ULM. Yeah, the pressure is is still the issue. I think um, you know anybody that watched the game kind of came away from it. Obviously, you're thrilled with the you know, you're thrilled with the win. I get it, and you're thrilled with the defensive performance. Um, you know, just because if you look at the total yards and what we're talking about, like the third down efficiency on defense. Um, you know they they averaged just over four and a half yards of play, which is trending obviously much better in the right direction. Um, but yeah, it's pressure on the quarterback, and so it's still it's still concerning. Um, I I think the defense has to continue to gel. Um, it's 
it's frustrating because you feel like you should go into a game like, uh, you know, like against ULM and you should rack up four, five, six sacks, right? Like that's just something you should do if you're Texas A&M. And, and we're just, we're still not getting there. We're not getting home. And so it's, it's something to keep an eye on because quite frankly, it doesn't matter how good your secondary is when quarterbacks have all day to throw, it's really not going to matter because you can't, we saw in the NFL, I, you know, I saw it in the Cowboys game. We'll talk about Cowboys game a little bit, sure. but you know, if, if a quarterback has all day to throw, they're like the, the secondary can only cover for so long. That's, mm-hmm. It's just a fact of football. Like they, they can't, you know, you're not gonna be able to lock somebody down for eight, nine seconds. You know, when you're, so when that quarterback can sit there and just kind of lottie doll, he wants to, um, they, you're, you're giving, you're giving your corners and your safeties an untenable task. Mm-hmm. So the pressure has got to be there because the quarterbacks are going to get better. I mean, obviously I don't know how many, better quarterbacks we're going to see outside of Tyler Van Dyke. <laughs> I, I thought he was fantastic, sure. but, uh, but, uh, but, you know, we're going to see better quarterbacks than what we saw on Saturday. And we're going to see better offensive lines along with those better quarterbacks. Yeah. And even if they're not better offensive line, they, at least better off, better talent probably would be a good way to put it. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think that's still a concern, you know, moving forward, but, you just kind of got to hope that the defense will 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 gel a little bit more, and and hopefully Durkin will continue to make adjustments. Um, so again, you know, it's the it's the hope that kills you. Um, it always is the hope that kills you. It feels like, but um, I will say defensively, um, I definitely want to see um, more pressures um, across the board. Um, I feel uh, kind of coming into SEC play, um, you would hope that maybe we are going to ramp up the pressure a little bit. Hey, you know, we are finally getting into conference play. It's time to really lock it down. And I will say, uh, kind of leading into this Auburn game, if we see similar defensive effort for what we saw with uh, Miami, kind of on a similar playing field, not going to be filled with a lot of confidence. No, yeah. The, well, and I, I don't know that it was necessarily effort with Miami. You know, I think a lot of it had to do with scheme. I don't think we schemed well against Miami. And, you know, mm-hmm. You're not when you're putting four rushers against five linemen. You're not going to get home on a regular basis, right? Right. Because it's just it's just a numbers game. So I think I still think a lot of it's scheme because we know that the talent's there. Like we know that we have the talented players. So mm-hmm. we've got to. Well, we. I'm not playing mm-hmm. tall and defensive plays. Uh, <laughs> Durkin <laughs> needs to put them in whatever is the best situation for them to succeed. Um, and and what that is. You know, that obviously changes throughout every game from play to play, from drive to drive. You know, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's the idea of having the multiple front defense is that you're able to throw different looks at them. Yeah. But as does our defense need to gel, so does Durkin. Like he yeah. he needs to get dialed in. It's not just a players being dialed in issue. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. He's not the one out there that's, you know, not tackling and blowing assignments. And I get that, but it's still, it's still on you as a coach because you're the one that's putting them in those situations and you should have taught them to be in those situations, mm-hmm. but you've got like, he's got to find a way to utilize the talent that we have, like just maximize everything relative to your talent. Because if, if we don't start getting pressure on the quarterback, like none of this is really going to matter once we get into SEC play. Yeah. I mean, talent's certainly not the question here. Um, we, no. we, we know we have it, <laughs> but yeah, we definitely need to scheme better. And I, I personally, I'm looking forward to seeing um, what we can dial up and hopefully it's going to be our uh, pretty solid game uh, coming in against Auburn. But yeah, let's, let's talk, let's talk about that game here in a minute. 
Well, Auburn's always a weird one. This whole series yeah. has been weird, right? Like, oh yeah, the home, the home team has such a hard time winning. Um, you know, this and you know, as an Aggie, this is this is a series that had the Johnny horse collar. You know, where um, so it, that's the kind of weird thing that happens in a series where the home team never wins, right? Is a horse um, call right in front of the ref that doesn't get called? It's like little stuff like that. You know, we go to Auburn and they fumble the ball, you know, inexplicably fumble the ball um, as they're trying to advance the change and go down and win the game. Uh, that was when I was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, Auburn goes out and they played three teams and one of them was P5, but it was Cal um, and they struggled with Cal, yeah, uh, but yeah. they beat them. You know, we, we, we didn't struggle with Miami. We got beat. Um, yeah. But there are other two games, UMass and Sanford. I mean, they, they you know, again, it's that phrase, they did what they were supposed to do. So I don't know how much information you really have, you know, out of Auburn that's going to be, much different than us other than the fact that they were able to beat Cal. Yeah. I mean, they, they they do beat Cal on the road, which, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell anybody that, Hey, you won a road game. That's no big deal against a power five opponent. But this is also a Cal team that mind you (laughs) spotted Idaho 17 points. They were down 17, nothing this past week. The potato people granted they end up coming back and winning, but you're talking about now an FCS program, Idaho. You know, it's it's been so weird yeah. just so so far through football. And and I think this year is the perfect it's like the perfect example is why you can't do the transitive property. Yeah. Um because there's it's been terrible. so many so many like Texas goes and beats Bama. Bama struggles against South Florida. Does that make Texas bad? Because then Texas uh you know struggles against Wyoming. But none of it matters. Like you just none you, of can't, it matters. you can't do it that way. No. So, I, you know, we we lose to Miami. If Miami wins the national championships, that doesn't make us runners up. You know, like there's nothing that irritates me more than the transitive win argument that happens from week to week. Cause every week is different. Every matchup is different. You know, we can look and say, yeah, Oh, Auburn struggled with, you know, Western Carolina and, Oh, they must be terrible. But then they turn around and they have a better matchup against our DBs. So all of a sudden they do really well with that. Uh, just it's, it's a week by week thing. It's so silly. Yeah, to it's just, them. The only thing that, I mean, you can only look at the actual data you have, right? Yeah. And so really the one data point for Auburn that you can use, because with UMass and Samford, you know, that's like ours. You know, it's like our two, you know, New Mexico and uh and ULM. Mm-hmm. So you look at their game at Cal and they and they ended up pulling it out at the end. You know, they they scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter to, to win the game. Mm-hmm. But you know, they had 230 yards of offense in a in an entire football game. Yeah. You know, that's that's ULM level. So there's clearly some sort of level of struggle in that offense mm-hmm. if if you're able to to put them in the situations of struggle. So hopefully all Durkin is doing is watching the Cal defense tapes. Because mm-hmm. um, Cal pretty much gave a roadmap to beating Auburn, which is a weird sentence to put together. <laughs> it is a weird sentence to put together. Uh, but uh, looking at our – looking at um, – Well, it's uh, too early to know if anybody's good either, you know? Yeah. Like, did they struggle against a Cal team that's going to go win the Pac-12? Yeah. You know? I, I don't know. Nobody's played anybody yet. No, exactly. Uh, but you know, looking at kind of early stats here, we're looking at you know Peyton Thorne, you know, who's been starting for Auburn. You know, he's you know, five hundred and seventeen yards on the year, but you know, four touchdowns versus three picks early. The ra- the race the ratio is bad and and like that 
that few passing yards is bad. Now, granted, we don't know <clears throat> how many quarters he played in those two blowout games. Sure. But I guarantee he played all four quarters at Cal, unless there was an injury I'm unaware of. Yeah. Um, I didn't see he, anything. Yeah. But again, like I'll pull it back up. They had, where was it? I mean, Auburn only had 55 plays that game. You know, Cal was able to keep the ball out of their hands. So mm-hmm. he only threw for 94 yards. I mean, he only threw it 14 times. Yeah. How do you only throw the football 14 times in an entire football game? Right. And, you know, you've got a rusher. I mean, honestly, well, here's the crazy part. Well, and he's their leading rusher, too, with 22 carries on the year. Well, and so then you get back into the BAS, and you're like, oh, great, a mobile quarterback, right? <laughs> Maybe. But, but he's not He's not like lighting up the – he's not lighting up the stats running. No, he's only ha- he only has 140 yards on the season and yeah. two touchdowns rushing against the opponents that they've played. So I wouldn't necessarily say this is like some kind of big-time mobile quarterback situation so much as maybe – ca- He's capable of running yeah. when, he probably, when he probably needs to. Um, but again, you know, in the two blowouts, we don't, I didn't watch him. You know, I haven't gone back and watched highlights. I don't know when he got pulled in those games. So no. some of these stats may be skewed because he has only paid, you know, only played six quarters outside of the Cal game. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, obviously I'm going to take number 15 over anybody right now, the way he's slinging it and throwing it or mm-hmm. slinging it and, and running it at, at the most ideal times. He just, he, he just kind of gets it. No, he gets it. And he's been very, very good. Um, he's and- got so much moxie too. That kid just, he's such a yeah. competitor. You can see him on the field. Yeah, he he does ooze moxie. There's no question about that. I think that's a good way to put it. But yeah, kind of leaning into this Auburn matchup. I, I mean, you got to think at home, Kyle Field. Um, yeah, it's an eleven o'clock game. But I, you know, I I think that plays into the home team's favor every single time. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you know, you're not having to get up, butt up, or you know, butt crack early in a, in a different town, having not slept. You know, these guys will they're in town. We're used to it. I, I, you know, I think back to when we went to Mississippi State and we had all that hype, and we when I rolled out at eleven a.m. and just rolled an absolute clunker. I was um, there, misery. Yeah, so, so was I. Um, <laughs> and so I think, uh, I, I think if you had to pick, it does play at least a little bit into into the home team's ha- uh, hands, like having the early kick. I mean, nobody likes eleven a.m.s, but you, somebody's got to play them, right? And yep. if you're not winning games, you're going to play a lot of eleven a.m.s. Yep. Um, I think hey, the line's got us at what six is I think is where it opened. And you know, in, in the old rule of you get three points for playing at home. So they've got us basically as about a field goal favorite, mm-hmm. you know, on a neutral field. Um uh, yeah, lines improved to eight in favor of AM right now. Really? So the more money's been pouring in a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Um uh, yeah. I, honestly, I I'm just I'm not worried about the offense. You know, that's the thing. There's I I have I'm just I'm not concerned about the offense. We're we're teeing it up, we're letting it fly. Connor's throwing the ball on time in tight windows. You know, he's making good decisions. Uh, you know, the two picks in Miami, one and I fell down, and two at the end of the game, you're trying to force something. That's all it was. Um, so I mean, I like our chances because if you want to get into a track race with our offense, I think we win. And yeah. us having last week to let some dudes, you know, let Evan rest and let Bryce let uh, Bryce rest. So I, I think there's, I think there's a lot of positive signs heading into this weekend. And I and I think, you know, even when we lost to Miami, it's not like we went up there and scored seven points. No, I mean, we you still know? scored thirty three points. And you got to think, offensively, we have looked the part. Nobody is questioning the offense. Just such a weird little dynamic with A and M's 
uh, sports. It's either one or the other where something yeah, we, struggles. We can't yeah. ever have both. No. Por que no los dos? Let's get both mm, in there, nope. man. <laughs> Come on. It's not that hard. I'm looking forward to it, though. I think um, it'll be good. I think I think it's in a kind of an unheralded Auburn team. Yeah. But the name on the helmet's still Auburn. So this yeah. is a really good chance to um, you know, instill a little bit more confidence. I think yeah, you know, losing to Miami, I don't know if it necessarily changes their confidence, but you know, coming home and beating the snot out of ULM doesn't necessarily give you all the confidence in the world. Yeah, you know, it just says you just went out and, and rolled them up in a little ball and bounced them down the field, you know, yeah. for quarters. But I think, you know, this is a real huge confidence builder for us, especially knowing that we have, you know, Arkansas, the crazy Jerry World game. You have the Arkansas game coming up the next week. And then Every Abama, year. And Bama that's that's right for the picking. Mm-hmm. So well, if, that, if, if you can get this one under your belt against Auburn, mm-hmm. you can you can maybe get rolling a little bit. The West yeah. is there for the taking. Oh, I think they're, I think, they're, I think <laughs> If we beat Auburn, I think it's down to us and LSU. I think you could legitimately see that game as, you know, coming down to it for the West, which would suck because it's in Baton Rouge this year. But yeah, well, it's weird to think that the entire West just looks so wide open. Yeah, LSU's looked the part. They went out there and took care of business against Mississippi State this past week. Really, no question. No, really, no issues at all, even on the road with an eleven o'clock yeah. game that we yeah, talked they, about. Right? They thumped him, and I think, I think. Everybody, at least in the SEC, that was watching that game, because you know, I don't, I don't know that that was a national eyes kind of game, mm-hmm. but I think anybody in conference watching that goes, okay, so Mississippi State is going to come back to earth. Yeah, well, and I think it just further emphasizes, in my mind, maybe the level that Florida State's at. Yeah, I know they played. Florida it tough. State is well. Florida State is legit. Um, yeah, but I also think it shows that it's just not easy to transition away from a generational coach like Leach. Mm-hmm. It's even when not they were easy. losing that, that even when they were losing that program had a different attitude about it. Um, and not to say that they necessarily don't right now, but mm. Leach doesn't go out there and get his doors blown off LSU. Yeah. Um, one aesthetic thing, and this is purely aesthetic that I just want to make a quick aside on Mississippi state switching up to the state script on the helmets. And that's become standard. Mm-hmm. I like it. it I it's di- it. it's different. You know, it works. Yeah, I'm I'm a fan of it. It, it lets it lets you stand out a little bit, kind of get away from the M State banner. Which let's the thing is about that logo for me that's so irritating. And Robert Barron's on Twitter pointed it out. The A is off center on the banner for state, like yep. it's off the middle. That is so irritating. That how do you miss that? Fix that. Oh my god, it's terrible. Well, I'll say this: at least they looked good on Saturday. Because they sure didn't play good. No, they didn't play good. And it's it's my favorite maroon combo to do. I love a white helmet with a maroon jersey and white pants, which is something that we've done consistently back in the Sumlin days. And I, I enjoyed that look. But despite that, you know, it doesn't really matter when you're getting your doors blown off by LSU at home. Yeah. Well, what's funny is you go the other way. And, you know, they wore we wore the god-awful whites that year that we got thumped on. With like the silver stated, God, those were uh, so the, bad. The iced out uniforms or whatever. Those helmets were okay, but the rest of the uniform was yeah, as bad as the performance. Not great. That was Kenny Trill days, baby. Uh, hey, let's run through. Uh, there's actually we're finally getting to the point in the season where the football games look exciting. 
Yeah, let's take a look at some games. What we got? Um, I'm just going to kind of start. But I don't know how this scoreboard's organized. I think maybe. Oh yeah. Okay, so they got it by time. They have it by time. Uh, so yeah. eleven o'clock slot. There's two games actually in the eleven o'clock slot that I'm interested in. Um, Florida State at Clemson. Yeah. Um, just because it's generally Florida State and Clemson for the ACC. Mm-hmm. Um, and Florida State looks good. Um, all of a yeah. sudden that Florida State Duke game may, may be may be important. Uh, but I think that's a big one just to see which direction Clemson's going to head in. And then I'm I'm actually kind of ex- uh, excited to see Oklahoma at Cincinnati. I know Oklahoma's been rolling out some offense. Um, yeah. You want to play the newcomers up at Cincinnati. I don't know if Cincinnati's any good, but it's just kind of one of those, you know, go into a new environment. You know, you never know what's going to happen kind of thing. Yeah. Um, then you get to the 230 slot. Yeah, Colorado, Oregon. Yeah. That's that's going to be a big one, um, especially after Colorado pulls off the uh, pretty you know, come from behind win. Yes, I know they were favored. I know a lot of people gave them flack for rushing the field. I, I understand the whole deal on it, but, you know, 3-0, start the year. And at this point, you know, you took care of business against a rival at home in a big primetime slot. I'm, I'm down with it. It's a rivalry game. Yeah. The program's been down for so long. By all means, rush the field. Yeah, go have some fun. You're in college. Have fun. All right, and yeah, you're going interesting though because being up in Eugene, yeah, um, this this will this will be a test. First Um, real test for a a lot of people's eyes. Yeah, away from their fans, and yeah, and Oregon and Oregon's no slouch. No. Um, Ole Miss, Bama. Yeah, I think think Ole Miss is going to beat them. Uh, you know, it's it's at Alabama, but we obviously know that doesn't matter much. And Ole Miss has looked just, just prolific on offense at times. Um, you, know, you know, they've had a tough game with Tulane that was fun to watch. Um, Ole Miss has been, you know, a very, very good program uh, lately under he who shall not be named. And it's been a ton of fun to watch them play. They've definitely been on their game. I really do feel going into this Alabama game that they have – the offensive capability to blow the doors off of that game quickly, the way that Alabama's offense did not look particularly great against USF. But then let's also kind of circle back to the fact that that's still Alabama, that's still Nick Saban, and it's quite possible sure. he finds something to fix and turn around. Anything's possible. On what that I have no idea because I don't know where he's going in the quarterback room at this point. I mean, I guess you got to stick with Milrow. Yeah. I mean, good luck. Hope you yeah. Scores. There's um, a bit of an underachiever bowl uh, happening at three o'clock with the uh, Oklahoma State and Iowa State, which <laughs> look at the way that those two started their That's seasons. Be, that'll be one of the worst games to watch, probably. Either that, or it'll be so incredibly competitive because they both suck. Man, I, what happened to Oklahoma Gundy. State this past week? Wow, dude. Yeah, it's not like you accidentally got like app stated, you know. Uh huh. Um, other than that, there's a couple other big ones. Uh, I want to see how Tennessee bounces back, to be quite honest. Um, yeah. oh, and it's, U- also, it's also UTSA. good to UTSA team that just lost to Army. Yeah. But I will say that Army football has an actual vertical attack this year. They have a quarterback. Yeah. I saw that. Everybody, really everybody, weird. everybody so, was freaking out. Yeah, everybody should be freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. Yeah, Army Air Corps out here. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, it's um, – Maybe like three times in my lifetime have I seen Army with like a legitimate passing threat quarterback, and this kid can actually wing the ball. And we have a kicker. I don't know what's going on Army right now. Um, but because <laughs> service academy kickers are normally, you know, they're not bombing away from fifty yards out. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know what's up with that either. Very confusing. Yeah. Uh, a battle of the boot this week: uh, Arkansas and LSU. 
Oh boy, that that could make our game against Arkansas a lot more fun if LSU just absolutely destroys them, which mm-hmm. I think is a very real possibility. Yep. At same time slot, you got uh, Oregon State and Washington State. You know the two teams that aren't going to another conference, yeah, another pack, big the Pac two championship. Yeah, the Pac two, and yet they're both ranked. They're both doing well. Like it's kind you of wild. Think, you would think they'd be attracted to a conference. Yeah, you would think. <sighs> well, especially especially if you consider like. Oregon State's proficiency for baseball at minimum, you know, yeah, like like that's that's, that's a great school. That's a great athletic school. Um, Sam the Houston, Pac-12, the Pac-12 breaking up and going little league from coast to coast is yeah. it will always not be weird to me. Oh yeah, definitely odd. But Sam Houston at at Houston saw that one. Um, um, now the other other big ones left really. I mean, I was going to the whiteout at Penn State. Yeah, now, it's, it's their whiteout game. Sips are going to Waco, which is always a weird game. Always. Yeah, that's like te- Texas and Baylor. It's, it's I feel like it's a lot like us in Arkansas. Like, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter who's up and who's down. The game is always really weird. Yeah. Um. So that's one to watch. And then, uh, uh, you know, the, the big one on the docket is probably Ohio State Notre Dame, just because they're both top 10 teams. Um. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what to make of either of them. But um. so speaking of the Texas-Baylor game, though, um. so one of my daughter's best friends goes to Baylor. Mm-hmm. And um, so she's gonna, she's so obviously gonna go to midnight yell. Then she's gonna get up, go to the A and M game at eleven. Gonna mm. get in her car, drive up to Waco, and go to the Texas Baylor game with her friend. I nice. said that. I said that is how you college, kiddo. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. That's awesome. That's really cool, especially when you got close by games that you can go do that. Why not? Yeah, or you can pull it off. Yeah, because I mean, you figure you're getting out of here at three thirty, three three o'clock somewhere in there. Yeah. Drive to Waco is 90 minutes. Yeah, hour maybe, and a half. Find maybe a two, spot. Yeah, maybe two because of game day traffic getting out of College Station. But yeah. but you'll still be there in time, you know, for the game up there. Go to two college football games in one day. I told her she better start hydrating tomorrow. Yeah, definitely need to. That should be a lot of fun, uh, especially because – oh, and that's going to be the last time those two teams play each other before, you mm-hmm. know, the, they're, they're divorced, so you know Baylor's going to be bringing it for that game. No, Baylor will do everything in their power, that's for sure. Yeah, there's nothing quite like – which, unfortunately, a lot of Big 12 teams have in their back pocket now. But the idea of, hey, we have the last laugh against this team. You know, Kansas, yeah. Kansas State did it to us. Oklahoma at the time until we got revenge in the bowl game the next year. But, you know, it's just there's something weird about conference realignment times, especially when it's a big name team that everybody dislikes. And they're just like, oh, I want to beat those guys so mm-hmm. bad. I, I don't well, blame them. One in the Big 12, it's, it's basically just two names. It's the two that are leaving. Yeah. You know, and even if they weren't big time names, they're leaving the con- conference. So why not stop on them one more time before they get out the door? But we'll see. You know, if Texas is for real, it's not going to be a game. Mm-hmm. Baylor's not exactly having a stellar season. No, no. Baylor's certainly not having a stellar season early. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to touch real quick on the Cowboys. Yeah, let's get an NFL. What the crap? Um, yeah. They, yesterday, win the toss, get the ball. Even knowing you have the defense that you have, get the ball. Mm-hmm. Drive down the field, just straight up cram it down their throat, score. Um, Jets come out three and out, and I turned to my wife. I was like, "The Cowboys almost feel inevitable right now." Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you take into account, you know, obviously how they opened on the road, you know, against the Giants, and then they came home and played, you know, a, a Jets team without Brett Favre. And the Jets will go as the Wilson to Wilson connection goes. 
Yeah. If Zach Wilson can't get the ball to Garrett Wilson regularly, the Jets are just going to still be the Jets, even with yeah. that defense. That defense will win them some games, but mm-hmm. not enough to make them relevant. It's a quarterback, it's a quarterback leave, man. Mm-hmm. And Dak's kind of playing out of his mind. So he's looked great so far. And, There's no and Micah, Micah Parsons is so much fun to watch. That guy's just such an animal. Yeah. But, can we talk about the Bengals real quick and how that they've come out a little flat? I feel like man. you want to talk about Joe Burrow. <laughs> Dude, once again, hey, girls of the internet, your side piece that you're cheating on your boyfriends with in your head played like crap again this week. Seems, seems very directed. Uh, <laughs> no, nothing personal. It's just so funny because women of the internet, from what I've seen, especially like sports internet, have been – all over Joe Burrow because obviously I understand. I understand. He's got the look. He's got the moxie. He's sitting there smoking a cigar after winning the national championship in the locker room. Dude's a badass. I get it. But he played like shit. Again. Two, yeah, two weeks in a row now. So it's two weeks in a row. Yeah, you, know, you figure you come out lay a clunker. Every look, everybody does it. I've seen Mahomes lay a clunker, you know. But yeah. that's brutal. And that's unfortunately that's just been the way of things for the Bengals so far. Which you know, considering they've been so hyped up to be like the division winner this year, that just you know fills me with a little confidence. But then again, me being a Steelers fan, we haven't exactly looked good yet. And yeah, it's Monday Night Football. We're at home against the uh, Browns. I'm yeah, uh, against the Browns. I've yeah, I've got Nick Chubb starting tonight. I don't need him. I'm up one fifty five to ninety six, but I'll take no. him. Chubb's probably going to score more points. I'm just telling you right now. Oh, no, I fully expect to not not finish at 155 with my Dixie Chicken. Uh, uh, well, I had Mike Evans, and he went and did Mike Evans things again. So Because yeah. that's Mike Evans for you. That's what he but, does. Uh, but, yeah, NFL's been, uh, honestly, off to a pretty cool start. You know, honestly, shocked team for me. I'm okay with it. I can live with it. The Falcons starting off 2-0. And on top of that, I know they struggled in the second half, and it pains me to see it. But, you know, it's good seeing the Lions competitive. Still. I think it's just because you really like Dan Campbell. Of course I love Dan Campbell. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a little partial. It's okay. Uh, yeah, no, I, I like I like to see him succeed, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Texans are just still the Texans. I don't I don't know what to do. What can you do? They, they, just, they just got destroyed by Gardner Minshew, basically. Um I, I I can't imagine what it's like having to be a Texans fan. I mean, they've just literally had no success since they started the franchise, pretty much. No. Um, been rough. But, but, yeah, no, I, in case anybody cares, obviously the fantasy football is more important than the professional football. And so the Dixie Chickens were, were able to bounce back, despite starting the Giants defense and the Giants defense literally taking two points from me. That's two weeks in a row I've had negative. Yeah, last week it was Graham Gano. Couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, so he had negative five points. Man, I said, I said when the Giants come to play Dallas later in the season, you know, come here to Dallas. I'm going to drive up there and I'm going to beat five points out of him that he owes me. <laughs> hey, all I'm saying, but and then I'm one other back. one one other professional sport that we haven't quite addressed, but I do believe that the Astros are still a game and a half up. <laughs> they are as of as of me checking this morning. Yeah, still game and half up. Uh, Looking a little rough. It's going uh, to be a wild ending. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it doesn't help that we're uh, Astros are hosting the Orioles. And I don't know what it is about us playing at home right now, but they just, they're not doing well at home. It's weird. Yeah. I, but, you know, this is where you look at the cancel out. 
we play down to bad teams and we play up to good teams. So maybe the Orioles, like maybe the Orioles coming to town, it's just what we need, which is a weird maybe. statement, but. I mean, I'll take it at this point. You know, for me, I'm definitely of the opinion. Let's go out there and do our job. Go out there and win the games. That's all we can, That's all we have to do. Just go out there and win. Yeah. Pitch You've ball got the run support. This is that's a simple game. That's that's the one thing I think game. is why baseball is so popular. It truly is a simple game. Yeah. Pitch well and get run support. That's it. Yeah. As uh you know, as the old saying goes, score more runs than the other team and you're gonna win. It's just life. It's just go out Yogi, there and do it. A little, little Yogi Berra for you. Little Yogi Bear, go um, hit the ball. Yeah, yeah, just go hit the ball pretty much. Hit the ball. Um, but I think it's going to be a fun ride, kind of rolling yeah. uh, rolling through the rest of the regular season. So I'm in that weird spot right now. So, you know, mm-hmm. West Ham, maybe they lost the city. I'm okay with that, whatever. But Yeah, I wasn't, but that's okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it, once Alvarez got hurt, it was almost inevitable. You could see the shift in the defense in the midfield once Alvarez went out. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, thought, I thought we were holding them holding them pretty well, to be honest. And we should have had two goals, um, but Antonio sure. isn't a striker. Um, yeah. But, uh, like, Strohs are in it. Cowboys look good. Yeah. A&M football bounce back. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool yeah. took care of business against Wolves. Uh, they looked a little slow early, but, you know, turned it oh, up yeah, after I that. Saw, yeah, I saw that. 1-3-1, one, one, which is always a nice deal. But, yeah, we're yeah, still – very. it was very similar to the City-West Ham match. Mm-hmm. Like, looked slow early and – Yeah. And then we but, just kind of fell apart and let City do what City does. City does what City does, and uh, oil well, money Alon will do scored, that. Alon scored the third goal, and it was you know right that you know right near the end. Mm-hmm. And the announcers, I tweeted about this. Announcers were like, "He could have had a hat trick," and I'm like, "But he didn't. He wasn't even on a brace. Right. Everybody can have a hat trick if they score three goals. He didn't, and nobody else did. So like, yeah. get off his like. I look. I'm not denying the fact that he's the best tracker in the world right now. Sure, but he's phenomenal. But bro, he scored one. That's it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, it's it's just media loves their darlings, right? And we we're and seeing he's it, a darling. Well, we're seeing it right now in college football with Deion Sanders. Mm-hmm. I mean, college football is Deion Sanders right now. He is on. I mean, the Deion Sanders show. Yeah, I mean, he's already on the commercials now for Aflac, right? He just immediately got that status. And he's just anytime we can put a camera on him. That's why I'm, and you know, maybe this is just a little bit of my cynical side coming out, but part of me was like, man, Colorado State could do the funniest thing in the world right now and win this game and pop that bubble. Yeah, that that would have been a very big burst bubble if Colorado State could have held on to win that. But I wanted it. I'll be honest. I was sitting there. We were we were leaving Borger, heading south. Uh, and as I'm watching this game, you know, this is after midnight. We've already tore down. We're tired. And it's been a long day. And we just put on in the bus. We just turned on the game and we're watching it. And every single one of us is like, come on, Rams. Come on, Rams. And, yeah, this didn't quite get there, unfortunately. Well, and everybody loves an upset too, right? Everybody loves, everybody an, loves an underdog. Yeah. Yeah, because that would have been a legitimate upset. So it'll be interesting. That You know, that's one of the narratives this, this year in college football is, is Colorado. Yeah. Um, and that narrative is gonna is like we said, it's gonna be put to the test this weekend. So Yeah, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. I'm looking forward to seeing how well they hold up with uh, a now established good team like Oregon. And yep. let's see how they do. Um I think it's gonna be a fun week. I I mean A and a lot of good football on this week. A lot of great football. I'm excited. Yeah, we are in yeah. it now. 
And I, I hated 11 a.m. games as a yell leader because that makes that timeline alarmingly early. And, you know, generally you're also coming off like a soccer match the night before. Mm-hmm. So, like, you no know, sleep and, like, up early. Um, but as a fan, I love 11 a.m. games. Well, I think the you best can watch thing... football and then you can not you can watch football and not care about it the rest of the day. Right. Especially in especially if you win, because if you win yeah. that early game, it's like all the pressure the rest of the day is off. Our show don't care what else happens. No. You know, if yeah, Texas loses to Baylor later on icing on the cake, but it's yeah. not necessary because we took care of our own business and we did yeah, it I early. Don't, I don't care what happens after my game. I just hope both teams have fun. Yeah. Just certain teams hope they have more fun less, than others. Less fun than others. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. absolutely. Exactly. So it's, so yeah. You, you gotta love got coming up this weekend. So this weekend, uh, we're actually going into SEC territory for, uh, for, for a show. I'm actually really looking forward to it. We're, uh, we're heading out, uh, to Starkville. We're going to Starkville to go perform at a spot called Rick's Cafe. Uh, it's not a home weekend for state. They are on the road at South Carolina, but should be a good crowd. I'm excited for that. I think it's going to be a solid show. Is it just there and back? Nothing in between? Uh, there's nothing in between on the way out there. We are going to a private event wedding, uh, on Saturday in Decatur, Texas. Okay. So I think you're not invited. No, I don't. We are but there. But if you're in Stark Vegas. Yeah, we will be in Stark Vegas. I'm looking forward to hanging out there. Um, we've already asked out, you know, a few people, hey, what's some good spots to check out? I got a list of places. So we're gonna go give Starkville a nice little run. Um, so looking forward to that. That's exciting. Uh that should be a lot of fun. Uh, but I think that next week, um, and we'll highlight it next week as well. But we're going to the Titus County Fair up there in Mount Pleasant, East Texas. Okay. Uh, before we turn around and go to Twisted J in Stephenville, which is always a party. And then the next week's Colorado and Wyoming. So we're just everywhere coming up here shortly. I was going to say, you're about to start getting on it. Mm-hmm. But uh, on top of getting on things, uh, one thing I'm really looking forward to, uh, we just hit the studio this past week, and I've got a story to tell you. So we get into um, Austin on Monday, uh, this past Monday. I roll out there. We have a rehearsal at this uh, rehearsal space called Space ATX. Uh, it's a very cool place uh, for practicing. If you have a band or something you want to run practices out there, definitely recommend. But we get out there and our producer shows up, David Beck, and he tells us, hey, guys, so we can't record at the studio that we want to record at like we were planning on. We're going to have to move it to a different spot. And we said, oh, I wonder what the heck happened there. Well, this past Friday, um, certain rap artist that a handful of people might know, his name's Drake. Uh, Drake was performing in Austin that Friday and wanted to record a couple songs at Arlen Studios. The same place that we were supposed to be recording on Tuesday and Wednesday. So right. Arlen approached us and said, all right, you guys get one of two options. Option A, you can tell... Drake to kick rocks because you guys have already put in your de- your deposit, which you know could have been a bit of a power move. Or he said, "We will give you two free days in the studio," and I'm like, "Yeah, we got to take the two free days because those, yeah, you know, that's that's a thousand fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, 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 whatever it costs for that studio, 
it's good for us to take advantage of those free days. On top of that, there was a perfect situation because we discovered a new studio that's like still in the processes of you know the finishing touches, but it's operational out in Dripping Springs called Western Wind Studios. And it is a phenomenal facility. Our we recorded two new songs uh, that will be coming out um, before terribly long. Um, so now we've got three singles in the bank that are going to start getting fired out here before long. But the two new songs are called um, Marlboro's at Midnight. Uh, it's a old style classic country waltz. It it's nice. a, it's a steel feature. It's it's pretty special. You you guys will definitely enjoy it. And then the other one's called uh, The Burnout. And it's more or less a musician understanding song where it's about how, you know, it's been a difficult road. You know, wish we weren't just sitting there on these motels on the interstate, wish we were elsewhere. Um, and we know that we're going to catch fire if we can get through the burnout. That's kind of the tagline throughout that. So if we can get through the, the tough part of this, it will pay out eventually. We just have to keep driving our feet. So those are the next two songs that are coming out um, after Girl from Fort Worth, I think is the current plan of attack. This is all subject to change because there's nothing been scheduled yet. But new songs. Um, and two of the more, I would say, better produced songs I think we've ever made. And it was so cool because it was just five guys in a room sitting down making these songs happen. No outside influence. It was just us. Nice. So, so we're very excited for these new songs and excited to share them with y'all. And we will be sure to tag those as they uh, start coming out. But uh, what else you have going on this week? I'm just grinding this week, man. Um, Hell yeah. Got a, <clears throat> we're started up uh, this kind of weekly uh, hour long training session thing for it's a six week session. And last week had just like a ton of great information. So trying to implement some, some stuff into, into my work and, you know, trying some different approaches and just trying to flex my creative muscles a little bit. Um, yeah. But going back, uh, get some more filming done for ribs, real estate and ramblings. Uh, so got that coming up um, and, you know, just open houses on the weekend and running around with my hair on fire during the week. Absolutely. That's about the only way we can be, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, so once again, for plugs, a uh, couple of things. Uh, so Shred Dirt Designs, right? We're rock and rolling. We got stickers now. If you haven't seen those, they're on the website. Along with uh, hats, which we do like our hats. Uh, this one in particular, just kind of a standard Richardson trucker cap. It says Shred Dirt on it. Uh, with the white lettering, big fan of that one. Uh, it had a lot of people reach out and said they wanted just a standard style of hat. So I was like, okay, so we'll fire one. one wasn't that the one you were wearing last week? Or uh, I think. Oh no, the one maybe? the one I had last week was my rope hat. One I had a little, little uh, rope okay. going on. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, but yeah, that's Richardson. Uh, we got those. Big big fan of those hats. So we got a lot of good stuff um coming up here. In the next few weeks. So we're, we're pretty excited about it. Um, so anything else we got going on? No, that's it. Just getting ready. I mean, we're, we're in the thick of it now, man. You got NFL, MLB, college football, got college really? soccer, volleyball. Volleyball has been doing really well. I watched the, uh, I watched the match last week with U of H. That was a tough one, but U of H yeah. is also pretty darn good. Yeah. So. Hey, you know, it's good to see. Yeah. We, we are in the full swing of 
Well, and, and soccer got off the schneid finally and is, and is also heading in the right direction. Good. Aggie soccer. Exactly. And that's yeah. good to see that. Definitely mm-hmm. good to see that. So, um, if you guys have not, be sure to follow us on our socials. Uh, be sure to go follow Roy May 15 on Twitter, Rob the Slapper. Be sure to follow us at uh, Shred, uh, excuse me, at um, I'm getting all kinds of screwed up at this point. <laughs> be sure to follow us at the Red Ass Podcast here, uh, on X and other places. But we've, you know, we're excited. Another, another big week against Auburn. Let's take care of business and rock and roll. Yeah. Big time, big time for for momentum heading like you know kicking off conference play. It's, this is a must have. This is a must have. So let's help the boys go out there and take care of business, and we will enjoy it from the comfort of being quarterback coach. Yeah, uh, yeah, couch quarterbacks and all that. Yes, well, yeah. yeah, couch quarterback from what? Stark Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> throw it, <laughs> throw it, dang thing. Yeah, <laughs> from from Stark Vegas. That'll be fun. You should go find a bar to watch it, and I'm sure there's I'm sure there's plenty of college bars you can go catch the game. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, I'm sure we'll find something uh, nearby. But we we're excited for it. I'm looking forward to being out there. Uh, you guys definitely have yourselves a great week. Uh, we will be right back and giving us a nice little analysis. Guys, catch you on the clip. You guys have a great week. Yeah, yeah. Gig them. <laughs>